Hey everyone, it's Matt. And this is Lucas. And this is Thanks for Playing. The podcast where we break down the most iconic video games the world has to offer. That's it. Uh, no, I just, <laughs> no, no verbal <laughs> reaction for me. I'm just staring at you. Um, oh, Halloween man, edition just, again. Ripped ass. I can't <laughs> say it. That's what was happening in that pause. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> We're off to a really awesome start once again. Um, unfortunately, not joined by by Hot Mickey today. Kind of makes me a little bit sad. Um, but people have really been enjoying having him on the pod. It's, it's just me and you today, Matt. I think we'll manage. I think we'll do okay. But Hot Mickey has quickly become. Uh, a fan favorite and um you know what i'd love for everyone to do actually is um you know leave a review of the podcast and tell us your favorite one-liner so far from uh from hot mickey <laughs> <laughs> yeah he has had he's had some bangers so far um i'm still man, blown pretty... away by his vibrato honestly i, th- I still think we need to i know more personally <laughs> it <laughs> is it is pretty good it's pretty good um oh, man i'm stoked for today's episode i really am Yes, Halloween spooky time is a. Uh, we've had two Halloweens now with TFP. This is the third. Um, spooky time is always a always a fun time for the for the podcast here. We um, get a little spooky. We uh, we explore some games we normally wouldn't explore, and uh, we see what's cracking. And it's good for me too because I know personally I don't like horror games generally. So I'm I'm glad that um you know TFP kind of brings me out of my comfort yeah. zone in that regard. Yeah, and for me, I mean, I I actually really really enjoy horror games myself. So um, it's cool to kind of dive in and uh, either play some some old games that we've played in the past. I know Eternal Darkness was a great one last year that um, you know we even did with producer Sam. That was kind of a throwback. Killer Seven the year before that was uh, I believe a horror quote horror game that we played and. Um, Dead Space is kind of another classic horror throwback here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we got everything, hidden gems, classics, um, and, you know, De- Dead Space, man, it, I mean, it was it was really, really cool to go back to. It was actually the first time I had gone back to it since I first, first played it. Um, and it was exciting. But Matt, before we dive into that, I got an exciting new toy. Oh. I got my Steam Deck. That's right, everybody. Uh, you may have seen on the Discord server when we, when the Discord, the well, sorry, when Valve announced that they solved their supply chain issues with the Steam Deck and you were able to buy it without having to wait on any sort of reservation list, I was like, okay, now's the time. And the dock was able to be purchased, the Steam Deck official Valve dock. I was like, okay, it is time to buy this thing. Bought the high-end model, uh, 500 gigabyte model. Um, with the dock, it was about 800 bucks, but, um, Hey, you know, we we're spending a pretty penny. This is a gaming podcast. We're here to talk about games. We're here to play games in any sort of forms that we can. And I gotta say it's pretty cool so far. It's a pretty hot piece of hardware. Yeah. It's, um, it's making, how, how, how's the, what's the word? Like, have you played any FPSs on it yet? Yeah. I was just testing out overwatch on it. There's a few things you kind of have to do a little, get a little hacky with. Um, like it's it's a Linux operating system, right? So for those of you that don't know, it's running a Steam OS operating system on the front. So when you boot it up, it's very similar to like a Switch. You browse around on a gaming library, you download stuff, you hit play, and you boot up your game. 
The cool thing with this is you can run two apps at the same time. So you could actually run two Steam games at once. So you can wow. boot up The Witcher and then boot up Dragon Ball Fighters. Both games will actually be running at the exact same time, which like is really interesting. Would, I feel like the thing would just explode at that point. No, yeah, it's, it doesn't run on both very well, but Does you can get, have two apps running. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it does run two apps at the same time, though, is my point. And then you can switch it over to desktop mode, where it's actually running a desktop version of Linux that's actually designed by like an operating system of Linux that's designed by Valve for the Steam Deck. Um, and it more or less functions like a regular computer. I dock it, I sync it up, I like link it up to my desktop like monitors, and it's operating exactly like a computer would, albeit with a Linux operating system, which I'm not super used to yet. Um, but pretty close to Windows with a few things that are that are slightly different. Um, I feel like it Linux looks really is the like the hipster <laughs> of uh, operating systems. It, it's it's tricky, you know. It's all like open source operating system. It's like kind of you can kind of run everything on it. Like a lot of uh, Windows emulation is available in Linux just because people have built like a lot of open source stuff. So there's this one open source um, emulation tool called Bottles which is runs Windows software inside of it as an app. So mm -hmm. what you got to do is you got to basically run Overwatch on that. So you're running Overwatch technically in a bottle, but functionally, once you get it up and running, you just hit the button and Overwatch opens up. So it's essentially the same thing. How uh, How's like the trackpad on it when you're playing a game like that? It's, it's really good. <laughs> it's actually amazing. Like it's accurate? Yeah, I think the trackpad is very good. Um, it's interesting. The trackpad actually has like a little bit of haptic feedback. So as you're moving your thumb on it, you actually feel like a slight vibration on it. So you can kind of like just get a little bit of feedback on your fingers when you're actually pushing buttons and moving things right, around. Yeah. The joysticks on it are very good. The buttons are really good. The triggers feel amazing. The overall hand feel of it is awesome. It's really awesome. Yeah. It's, it's more comfortable to hold than a, than a Switch for sure. Interesting. Yeah. I'll have to come over and try that one out soon. Yeah, that's uh I'm very interested just to see over the next while really how um that does commercially and really how much it gets kind of adopted by the masses cuz Yeah. Well, we did a whole episode on it a little while ago, I think, but um yeah, I'm just really curious what your experience with it in the long term is going to be. We definitely um Me after too. a few months or so that you have it Gotta do a full review episode. Be really curious to hear your thoughts in a couple months. Yeah, I I would love for um, anybody to give recommendations for the next game I should play. You know, it's it's funny because I'm trying to find games that I couldn't play on Switch. Like I could download Stardew Valley on it, right? I love Stardew Valley, but my I play Stardew Valley on Switch. It's like there's no way it's gonna look better <laughs> on Steam Deck. And plus, my my main save file is already on my Switch, so I'm not gonna play that. Um, so I'm trying to treat this more. Uh, I'm less like an indie gaming machine like my Switch is and more like like I download The Witcher and I'm like, okay, it runs pretty well. I might I might start like a new save on The Witcher or something. Um, I'd love to hear anybody's thoughts on this podcast about that. Um, in fact, how could people get a hold of us if they want to give me recommendations on, you know, what games to play on this Steam Deck, Matt? Oh, man, everyone, you can reach us at thanksforplayingpod at gmail.com. You can also reach us at um, on Twitter, Instagram and TikTok at TFP Podcasts. That's TFP Podcasts with an S at the end. And then as well, you can also find us on oh my gosh, where else can they find us? On our on our website, <laughs> thanks for playing .live. Um, and in all of those in the link tree on our social media handles and on our website as well, you can 
join our discord the discord is the really the best place to get in touch with either myself or lucas coming out it's a good time we got a fun little community in there and we'd love to uh have you join awesome love it all right everyone plugs out of the way the moment you've been waiting for everyone today we are talking about the number one space horror simulator dead space she that is right the 2008 third person action horror game the very famous dead space uh 8.7 out of 10 from ign 9.25 on game informer 9 out of 10 on GameSpot, and an 89 out of 100 on Metacritic, um, super popular game has spawned a number of different sequels, is a well-known franchise at this point, all started by the classic 2008 game. Uh, we played it here for you 14 years later uh, to see how it hold up, to see if it was scary, to see if it was good. And Matt... Damn, actually, and, I didn't realize it was 14 years. I knew it came out in 2008, but I, just, I never did the math. And like, that's kind yeah, of crazy, 14, 14 years, years ago. ago. Um, Real quick, before we dive into it more, though, I'm just going to give a brief explanation. Give that synopsis. Um, it's kind of crazy. It actually has, like, a pretty deep just background, I guess. Lore. Whatever, like, lore, yeah. Um, and honestly, like, I had trouble following what was going on even during the game. But uh, we'll dive into it here, and we'll give you a brief synopsis, and we'll go from there. So, set in the year 2508, engineer Isaac Clark arrives at Aegis 7 with the crew consisting of Kendra, Hammond, and two fodder characters that die immediately. Upon <laughs> crash landing into their ship, the so Kilion, upon crash landing their ship, the Kilion, into the Ishimura's landing bay, the like station outside of Age of Seven, um, their crew discovers the ship to be infested with necromorphs, horrifying, disfigured humans that have transformed into monsters that only want to kill you. Isaac, Kendra, and Hammond are left to figure out what is going on at Aegis 7 and on the Ishimura, and hopefully not die in the process. Whew. All right. Yep, pretty good synopsis there. I mean, it's it's pretty classic sci-fi stuff, um, heavily inspired by Alien. You know, you're stuck on a, a pretty large space station with a number of, like, zombie aliens that are all trying to kill you. Um, your girlfriend is on board this giant space station, which is actually like a mining ship that uncovered this, you know, I guess, spoiler territory a little bit here for sure. Um, but, you know, uncovered an ancient alien artifact that is driving everybody insane and creating all these necromorphs. I was um, confused, though. It was like a copy of the ancient artifact, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So the actual ancient artifact is called the Marker. And yeah. uh, that ancient marker artifact, you go into the story a little bit more in the other Dead Space games, but that marker is actually a copy of another marker. Um, and the markers basically are, they're kind of like multifold. They're like an ancient alien artifact that unleashed, like that Earth, the Earth government believes could be a source of infinite energy. Energy, yeah. Yeah, so they've been studying them as Earth, the Earth government and then in the process have found out that there's like, they spawn this alien alien life that just like kills and destroys everybody. And then there's and a- And drives you insane. 
and drives you insane. And there's a religion yeah. inside of the Dead Space uni universe called Unitology, which like you find people, there's people on board the ship that are members of the Unitology church. And they believe that like the marker is the key to immortality and that humanity actually descended from necromorphs and like these alien creatures and things like that. So yeah. kind of a cool world there. Uh, it's, you know, a lot of found audio and stuff like that to really get like a lot of the story there, um, which I, I definitely want to dive into in terms of like the way this game tells its story. But initial thoughts, Matt, uh, what do you think of the game? Yeah, well, real quick before we dive into initial thoughts, actually, I just want to talk a little bit about the developer. So Visceral Games, formerly EA Redwoods, um, this is like kind of really their only thing that they did successfully <laughs> um they did a bunch of what's the word uh tiger woods games actually which is really interesting that's so weird um yeah very um kind of random actually a bunch of tiger woods games and then after tiger woods then they finally made dead space which became kind of their big thing they experimented a little bit with some other games like they made sims ports for consoles which is really interesting they made um, Dante's Inferno, which was, I think, kind of just mediocrely received. I remember that Army game. Army of Two. I don't know if you ever played that game. That'd be a fun one for us to go back and do co-op, actually. Army of Two, uh, The Devil's Cartel. And then they made a Battlefield Hardline. And that last game was in 2015. And their final project they worked on was something called Project Ragtag. Was a third-person action-adventure Star Wars game that got sacked, unfortunately. Uh, and mm. since then, they haven't really done anything. They've kind of just been seemingly um, canned and disbanded, unfortunately. They are closed down on October 17th, 2017 by EA. Um, and they've kind of just gone gone to the wind since then. And now the sequel is being developed. Or not sequel. Um, Remaster, remake? Rem remake. It's a full remake um, is being made. And off the top of my head, I actually don't recall who is developing that with a yeah, quick Google it, search. I can find that it is Motive Studio uh, are currently developing the remake of Dead Space, which we're going to get into a little bit because um, yeah, I think there's an argument to be made if a remake is even really necessary of this game. And it's kind of funny. That kind of leads into my first impressions, actually. Um, this... What what stands out most about this game immediately? Well, it's interesting, right? Because you boot up the the menu, right? And the menu, it doesn't even feel like an Xbox 360 era game. Like the menu is just so basic and just kind of looks, I don't know, old. It feels like like a 2002 game to me, or like a 2003, 2004, just very old. Um, like not any flashiness on it. But then when you boot up into the game, you know, you find that it is actually, it's surprisingly looks very good still like remarkably good for a game that very came good. out in 2008 um that is absolutely what stood out to me the most and there's definitely parts of it that are just clearly a little bit more dated graphically you know things are just clearly not quite as sharp um but by all accounts you know it still looks very good and that kind of leads me into the question of does this really even need a remake um i think there's a lot of other games that could benefit from a remake more <laughs> turtle darkness um <laughs> so it's interesting to me that they chose to dive in here and really you know decide this is what we're going to do this is what we're going to remake i'd really love to know the business decisions behind it um but that aside i mean yeah it looks great 
the what stands out the most about this game, I think, and I'm, I mean, I've known about Dead Space for a while. I never played it, but I've always been familiar with the series and I've known about it. And what has always stood out to me a lot about this game is the unique way the the way they utilize um, in-game like mechanics to have and have that be your UI or your your HUD basically, mm-hmm. where the game has no UI and no HUD. Um, everything that is in the game that would you know be like your menu or be your um, your map is all integrated directly into the game. So, for example, when you aim your gun. Um, you don't have crosshairs. You have like laser pointers from the gun that are coming out of the gun. And those are your crosshairs. And then you have a little like holographic thing that appears above the gun that shows, okay, here's how much ammo I have. Uh, Mm -hmm. When you open your menu, it's a clear hologram from a device that you have. Um, And something about that has just always stood out to me. And I'm actually kind of blown away that we don't see more games do something similar to that because it's done very well and it just feels so fucking clean and it looks clean too. And this is a game that came out in 2008 and I just, I'm blown away. We don't have more games doing things like that today. Yeah. I think um, what's, what's really cool about that whole like, like sort of philosophy for the design of the game is everything within the game is like in the story of the game. So when Mm -hmm. you're looking at a map, Isaac is literally pulling up a hologram of a map in front of him and looking at the map. Right. There's nothing like in terms of the cross. There's no non video game crosshair that's just on the screen that's aiming. Right. It's Isaac pointing a laser. Your crosshair is coming from your gun. Yeah. Your crosshair is coming from your gun. Right. Your map is being displayed in front of you in front of your suit. Right. And you can get attacked while you're pulling up your inventory. You can get attacked while you're looking at your map. You can even get attacked. You can even get attacked while you're like at a store or buying items and stuff like that from like the Mm -hmm. stuff in the actual ship. So you're you're kind of one never really safe while you're managing your inventory, doing things like that, which I think feeds into the horror aspect of the game. But it's just such a unique take on it, right? I mean, this is the first time I've ever played a game that ever did that um, all the way back, you know, when I was in middle school when I first played the game. And a lot of games don't do this now. Some games have kind of gone this way. I mean, the extreme version is like, you can still pause Dead Space. You like cannot pause like Elden Ring. Right, which like a lot of people, yeah. uh, are re- you know, obviously got really upset about. So there's like a line somewhere, uh, but I think Dead Space is really cool in that like if you want to look at your inventory, or look at your map, you have to find a safe space to do it. Um, and I think that's just such a great innovation, such a such a creative and original thought. And it's just it's so interesting that people haven't really done that as much these days. Um, and you know, there could be a lot of games that that I'm forgetting along the line, but certainly the games that we've done for this podcast have not have not been that that sort of innovative with their HUD. Yeah, we've played a lot of video games and I can't think of any that have used their, uh, have done like that UI in the HUD the way uh, that Dead Space has. So yeah, major yeah. kudos to that. Um, I mean, I, again, I'm just, I've always been blown away by how good it looks um, in every every aspect, even for game 2008. And then I actually just had this thought like five minutes ago, but man, this game could have really benefited from a sanity meter. Um, <laughs> I know you are going insane in the yeah, game. Yeah, and this is actually we're kind of going beyond first impressions now. And I'm goddamn, I'm going to keep saying it again. We really need to edit our template to where we have a solid place to talk about. Let's just story. talk story, story talk and setting. Story. Let's just talk through it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I thought the story was kind of weak. Honestly, I think this is another one of those times in gaming I agree. where 
a lot of the story comes in the last like 20% of the game, 15%. And even the little bits and pieces of audio logs and um, what's the word? Uh, like text logs that you get don't really like make it super clear, I'd say. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. To me, it's very, I, I like a game that the audio logs and the text logs, that should supplement the story. It shouldn't tell the whole story, you know? That should give you insights into the lore. But this felt like that Dead Space was trying to tell the story through that that right yeah um I, I totally pretty much every there. interaction that you have with um you know hammond or kendra or even the characters that you do encounter that are still alive or slash hallucinating they don't really move things along that much like you have the crazy scientist guy who is just kind of trying to like kill you casually but i'm like pretty sure that's conclusively a hallucination i kind of forget um and then you have the other dude, I forget his name, that wants to also bring the maker back. Marker? Marker. Marker. Bring marker. the marker back to Aegis. And then he gets killed by um, Kendra, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And no, it, it's just kind of happening here. I, I honestly thought there was going to be a, like, would you kindly kind of twist, like, to what there was in Bioshock. Because, yeah. like, you're just so blindly in, like, without any objection just doing everything they tell you to like, Oh, Isaac, go do this. Oh, Isaac, go do that. And I know there's something to be said for silent protagonists. Like I know you, when we had our, um, I was going to ask what uh, you thought of the silent protagonist here. Isaac is a silent protagonist. When we had our Ocarina of time episode, you know, your argument, why link was a good silent protagonist. And I disagree with this, but this was your argument was that he showed a lot of emotion on his face. But with Isaac, you don't even get that in this game because he's wearing a helmet the whole time. Yeah. He's just mindlessly going and doing what is told. Um, and it's just kind of a little whack, honestly. Like I just kind of felt like a robot. Um, and it's just weird that he's not interacting with anyone. He's not talking to anyone. He's just on a mission, you know? Well, it is um, a survival horror game, though. What is he? Is he going to not do the thing that's supposed to help him survive? Where, why not ask Hammond to go do something? Like, you know, like, why, why, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. There, it was, there was a weird moment in the game where you do meet up with Hammond and he's just on the bridge and he's like, I need you to go over here and do this life threatening thing with like this. Yeah. Meteor, yeah. Asteroid thing. Like Isaac's got that was it. a little silly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was, that was a little silly part for sure. That kind of I, ruins my suspension of disbelief with the whole setting, to be honest. Cause like any rational, cause like it's assumed that Isaac isn't insane yet. He's only insane once he gets there. Right. Um, well, he is driving, he's getting driven to be insane through his whole time there. So right, like, every yeah, time but, like, he doesn't yeah. arrive insane is my point. So, uh, it's just weird that like, he just blindly does everything, I guess. And, um, yeah, I just hate it when a game packs like every last bit of story into the last like 15% of the game, which is kind of what it did here. Yeah. I, I agree with you there. I think there was like a good middle portion of the game that was basically all fluff. Like it was just like filling time in because you do go back to the same zones within this game. Like basically within the story, there's a tram system. It's a massive space station that you're on. So there's like a tram system that takes you to like hydroponics, takes you to like mining, um, like medical bay and things like that. And you actually go back between these areas. They're a little bit different 
when you go. So like you'll go to one area in the very beginning of the game, a couple chapters later, you'll come back to it. It's like slightly more destroyed, maybe a little scarier, whatever. Um, but some of those zones, it was just literally like you go back there to just do a task that was super like contrived and super forced in the plot just so they can fill in like another hour and a half of game time there. And like, oh, you're Isaac, just kind go of repair the communications array. Go. Yeah. Repair this, oh, shit. The that. asteroid protection thing broke. Go all the way to the asteroid thing and play this mini game to like destroy. Which I asteroids. did not understand yeah. that, by the way. How was the I don't know. How, how was the ship only coming at us in that moment? Yeah. Like, how was it? <laughs> yeah, there's, there? there's some plot holes. There's some plot holes for sure. Yeah. Um, one one thing I will say is when the game is at its best in terms of the story is like the chapter in hydroponics where you go and fight one of the bosses in the game, which is the Leviathan, I thought was very cleverly like very well paced. That was an example of mm -hmm. a good story beat where you're learning more about what these monsters kind of are. You're learning that there's different forms. Um, you get little story beats about a potential big monster on the ship that's like poisoning the air on the ship, right? And then as you keep going through the chapter, it ends with a boss fight with this massive being in like a zero gravity room. And it's a really cool fight. It's like really epic. It's like one of the only, it's like the only boss fight in the game besides the last boss, really. I would even consider those big armored guys to be more like mini bosses. Um, so that's an example of a good chapter with a good story beat, but like the asteroids one was super lame. Um, and there's like another one before hydroponics. I got I mad during medical. the asteroids one. Yeah, the asteroid one was like, <laughs> I I thought that one was completely unnecessary for sure. I mean, they could have just literally not had it. It would have affected nothing. It had nothing to do with necromorphs. It was just a, a, a part to add the like filler. an hour and a half of gameplay. Yeah, and like at the end of the day, you're just going down a hallway that you've been down before. And like wasting like shooting a gun and then getting ammo and then shooting the gun again um which is what the gameplay loop turned into a little bit um yeah so yeah that that's my that's my big criticism of the plot as well um i do think the world is i will give credit to the world it is a little interesting like i'm a big fan of like ancient alien like ancient aliens like interacting with humans and like humans messing with stuff they don't understand i'm a big fan of that trope um, and there was like a lot of that, like you'd find these like audio recordings or you even found a video recording on the ship. Um, again, another example of when they do it right, like a video recording of the captain basically being like, um, what do you call it when the captain's like mutiny? There's like a mutiny. mutiny. Yeah. And they say like, oh, this marker is a holy thing. Like we're, 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 we're supposed to save this marker because it is divine and you don't understand that it's divine. And they like kill the captain basically. Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, okay, cool. Like this marker actually, like we're kind of getting the sense that this marker is like more powerful than human beings. It's clearly driving people insane. There's like a religious movement behind it and the captain got killed. Cool. But you get that at the very beginning. And then like, you don't see any of those later on. Like they kind of just repeat themselves a little bit. And there's whole, there's stretches of the game where you actually don't get any sort of like overall story. Like you don't get anything like that. You don't hear anything about the overall story. So, and the game yeah. is at its best when it's giving you a solidly paced chapter with a really good, like a really cool fight, interesting, interesting developments on the ship itself, but also revealing information about what the marker is, why we're here how we're being driven crazy, what happened that led us here. You know, um, I think that's when this, the story is the best. Yeah, and I want to mention too, you know, something you, you brought up is just that, oh, well, it's a survival horror game, right? Like, but the thing is, it doesn't like lean solely into that. If this game was just trying to be a survival horror game, then I would be able to forgive its shortcomings where it was a story. 
but it's very clearly trying to tell an interesting and compelling story as well. It just Mm -hmm. does it very bad, which is upsetting. (laughs) Yeah. And for me in general, I just need buy-ins. Like I I need the story to really get bought into a game. So it makes it harder for me, but I wanted to mention, go ahead, ahead. I'm going to get this out. Going back to the, my sanity meter idea, because something about this game that I noticed at the very end was they tried so hard to make it like a big deal that Isaac was insane. Like yeah. when there's that reveal with Kendra and he puts his head like, down, he puts, he, he literally, he's like, Oh, he puts his head down, <laughs> he's like, like oh, what? Insane. Like, <laughs> oh, <Sika." laughs> and, and Kendra like repeats it three times. She's like, you're insane. You're, you're insane. You're fucking yeah. insane. Like, how is she not and, insane? That's what I don't get. I don't know. She probably wasn't just, I don't know. But the point is, or I think she was probably like a fanatic, I guess too. Um, she's a, she's just part of the earth gov or part of, a, yeah. allegiance which is like the people the earth government which is the ones like exploiting the for the marker anyway yeah they want the energy it. or whatever but what would have been really cool because they didn't try to make that such a big like emphasis was that i don't know how they, they would have done this because one of the benefits of the game is that the ui there was no ui i think that's one of the strongest parts of it but what have been really cool is if like in De- or eternal darkness they did have some kind of sanity meter that just fills up like slowly throughout the game but you don't know what it is. Ooh, and then it's that revealed cool. at the end of the game that this is actually your sanity meter. And I like that. that. Like, uh, I don't know how they could have fit that in, but it would have been pretty sick. Well, it's, I think the, the, you're, you were actually crazy the entire time trope is a little like it was played out even for this time. And now it's just like, I just feel like it's a non, it's a very forgettable like part in the story. And then like you go and like, functionally you're not really insane i mean you're insane I was say, he because, doesn't even feel that crazy he just has like, yeah you, two hallucinations you're, yeah you're not insane you're you're clearly not too insane to like fight an entire like final boss monster giant tentacle thing like you're you're not too you're not that insane clearly you're able to like yeah. shoot a gun and like Function. basically save the day <laughs> and be an action hero like you're not <laughs> it's just it's just a funny moment because it's like you could have just gone without it i don't know um but you are attacked by a violent hallucination at the very end of the game, which is like not elaborated upon. It's just like, yeah, stuff with that. <laughs> just a jump scare it's, at the end. It's such a weird yeah. ending for the game. Yeah. Cause like yeah. you beat your final boss. Isaac's just like on the, the ship flying away, clearly depressed about it all. You see his and face, there's a jump scare and that's the game. What'd you expect him to look like? Would you expect that to be his face? He just looked like a dude. <laughs> I pictured him with more hair. He's like a bald guy. I thought he I had a why. beard. Yeah. I it's a little disappointing. It's a little disappointing. He's um, an engineer, man. It's probably a very stressful job. I, I felt that one of the cool parts about the game was never seeing Isaac's face and never hearing his voice. I thought that was an interesting take. But then you see his face and it's just like, oh, he's just a guy. I don't know. I wish they just didn't hotter. show his face at all. It's not that he wa- I wanted him to be hotter. It would have been cool if he was hotter. It would have been cooler if he had hair too. But it would have been cooler, the most cool, if we just didn't see him at all, really. But uh, the interesting, more interesting thing, if they uh, used like a gender neutral name, then it was a girl. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, Bloodhound. Uh, that was two thousand eight. I don't know if we were. Yeah. Is I don't Blood think we were there girl? yet. Bloodhound is a they. Oh, an Apex. Yeah, oh, I didn't know that. Bloodhound is a uh, gender neutral. Yeah, Bloodhound's voice act voice actor is actually female, um, oh. but Bloodhound the character is uh, gender neutral. Interestingly enough. More you know. Uh, Okay, one thing though I, w- I do want to point out to you is the remake. The remake, he is voiced. 
he's like actively talking in the trailer. You can oh. go listen to it. Because he talks in the other games. So like they they made Dead Space, obviously very successful. They made the sequels and Isaac is like a, a regular talking protagonist in the other ones. So I think in the remake, they kind of had to go back and like add that voice stuff in just because it didn't it didn't make sense for him to talk in this game having established that later on in the plot. Right, yeah. So a little interesting tidbit there. Um, and in terms of like going back to your idea about if this really does need a remake, I'm gonna go ahead and lean towards no. Um, just because this game, this game still holds up extremely well. And in fact, if you look at the trailer for Dead Space, I would, I would invite everybody to go look at the Dead Space trailer right now. If you can, if you're driving, don't do it while driving while listening to this podcast, but when you're available to look at it on YouTube, look at the trailer for the remake. And like a lot of the comments that I saw on Reddit or on YouTube are like, this game looks the same as I remember it. <laughs> like this game just looks it doesn't look like it needed a remake uh, just quite simply i mean i feel that way by just looking at it but i know that just general sense of people that that are you know watching the trailer commenting on reddit and youtube they feel the same um not sure if you feel that way matt if you just want to take a look at that trailer real quick but it's it's just interesting that it's a 14 year old game that holds up extremely well graphically and we'll get to this when we get to art style but um a lot of it is like some lighting and smoke effects that they're doing. They're doing a lot of really clever things in this game to mask like some of the low res textures. But now when you play the remake, they're just gonna be high quality textures, but the game's still gonna be dark in some areas. I mean, the funny thing is there's like, com there's like areas in this game that are just completely pitch black, completely. And it's all yeah. like sound design. It's all like scary noise. It's like horror elements and stuff like that. What does a great, what does upresing the graphics do for that sort of section? It's just like a funny, it's just like a funny thing that we're on where we want to upres certain things, but the core elements of the game that people might find really scary, really, really fun, really compelling actually don't have any graphic fidelity to them at all. They're just darkness. It's sound design. I mean, I hope they don't redo some of the sound design because some of that was just doesn't need to even be touched. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, the problem is, is like, Video games are getting the remake treatment the same way Disney's giving every fucking Disney movie the live action treatment. You know, they're just milking yeah. it as much as they can. Um, and I mean, yeah, it is going to look good. And it is obviously going to. Yeah, it's going to look better than the original. Like it fucking should. It's 14 years later. Um, but I, I just I don't know. I, I just can't help but feel there's other games that deserve a remake more or could benefit from a remake more. Or, like, why not just get a original IP, you know? It's just just mm -hmm. something new, totally. Before we leave story and setting, I do want to say, big fan of the namesake for Isaac Clark. Uh, he's named after Isaac Asimov and Arthur C. Clarke, two very famous science fiction authors. Um, Isaac Asimov, like iRobot, um, basically all the robot series, uh, Foundation, and Arthur C. Clarke, who wrote 2001 A Space Odyssey, one of my favorites. That's fitting. It's very fitting. Yeah. 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 Good name. Good name. Good good main character name for for the genre. Ooh, love it. Alrighty. Diving next now into where are we at? Um We're kind of on game game design. Design, yeah. Yeah. I I could jump Ooh. in on this one. I actually have a Go lot, I actually it, have a yeah. lot to say. I, I put okay. all the no UI stuff in this section, but we've already covered it. Yeah. Um now, okay, just speaking on combat. The combat 
unfortunately gets pretty repetitive pretty fast um mm -hmm. i'd say mm -hmm. uh so i think so the whole thing with dead space is the strategic dismemberment within like the first 30 minutes of the game they basically shove it down your throat that you have to cut off the limbs of the monsters it's actually kind of comical how much they tell you it because like there's like blood on the wall at one point when you first get your first gun and it, it's written in blood cut off their limbs and then there's yeah. an audio like file that you find of like an in-game audio file and it's like some guy going like we figured it out we figured it out you gotta cut off the limbs don't cut off the head it's the limbs <laughs> <laughs> and then and then a in-game pop-up screen comes up and tells you how to shoot your gun and then says make sure you cut off the limbs and then you yeah. find another audio thing and then hammond calls you and goes isaac i figured it out you gotta cut off the limbs <laughs> it's like jesus i wish they just didn't say anything at all at that point just like don't tell me uh, don't tell me do they, anything do they ever give like a, a story reason as to why that is well it's just because they're like there's actually not really any plot reason why or story reason why cutting off the limbs would be better than just shooting if you shoot off their head they they're still living right yeah. so cutting off the limbs technically wouldn't mean anything like within the powers that these monsters have. Cause these like the necromorphs are just supposed to be like everything they touch basically is zombified and like limbs, they can grab onto limbs, any flesh, any human flesh that can turn into a necromorph, different forms of necromorphs. There's like ne little necromorphs that come around. Like there's no reason why just cutting off limbs would actually kill these things. Cause cause cutting off the head doesn't kill these things. It doesn't, it's just a little, and it seems really like a sense. really arbitrary decision they made. Well, from a gameplay standpoint, like I think where they're coming from is, you know, Resident Evil is is out. Resident Evil 4 came out like a few several years before this one. The team really was inspired by Resident Evil 4, which was you just shoot people in the head all day and like that's how you kill your enemies, right? And that's how every shooting shooting game really is. And I think they just wanted to kind of go a different direction. A little fresh take. And and yeah, do like a fresh take on how you kill zombies by cutting off their limbs and stuff. And then it allowed them to like create unique monsters where you kind of had to find the limbs a little bit. Or like there was those little guys that had tentacles and then those sh you have to shoot off like the tentacle portions of it. Yeah, yeah. So some of that was pretty interesting. But obviously within the story itself, there's no real reasons why it, why it should work. But what it just turns into is just like shoot leg, shoot leg, shoot one arm, he's gone, right? And like... No matter what gun you were using, it was kind of the same workflow when fighting the generic necromorphs. And to be honest, by by the end of the game, there really is not that much diver like enemy diversity where it's like you shoot that guy's legs off and then you wait for the little guys to show the tentacles, you shoot those. And occasionally you get a big boy who like you just throw stasis on and then just shoot him like till he dies. So yeah. it kind of just becomes generic action shooting and like workflow like step one, step two, step three with every enemy. That's how I ended up feeling with it. I'm also just blown away that they have stasis like as a concept. I know, it's just like way so way too powerful for what you have like in the game. You I know? know, just like the fact that that's like a casual in-game thing people can just have like in that universe even. I'm like, how did you even let this outbreak happen? Is kind of what yeah. I want to talk about. Like, <laughs> you could just freeze everything. Just freeze everyone, go get, the, I don't know. I just really feel like it's very telling that an engineer and an untrained soldier is apparently the only one that can combat these guys. It's very telling of the competency of everyone that was on that no, on that spaceship. Because he figured out that you have to cut off the limbs. Cut off the limbs. Nobody yeah. else knew. Nobody else knew. 
They're trying to cut off the heads. Fucking Isaac, baby. Uh, it's crazy. Yeah. And then my other note here is gun diversity is very meh. There's seven guns in the game. I I fully upgraded the, the plasma cutter and it was insanely overpowered. I killed the Leviathan in like 30 seconds. It was ridiculous. <laughs> like, I mean, like I already knew how to fight the boss because I'd, I'd played the game before, but I just shot it to death and it, it died. It was, an, it was insanely powerful. Yeah, I um I like had to make an active effort to use other guns just to like for the sake of trying them out. Uh, the force gun was pretty fun if you let them get in front of you and then you yeah. use it. It just kind of like blows them up. <laughs> uh, I had some fun with the chainsaw gun or not chainsaw, just the the saw gun, I guess. The saw, yeah. Shoots the the saw blades. Um, and then I had some fun with the. Uh, Do you like the, the pulse line rifle? Gun? Was kind of fun too. I actually I didn't rifle. use the line gun. I only used the four. That I just mentioned, yeah. Yeah, I used pulse rifle, line gun, and plasma cutter. And then halfway through, I was tired of getting ammo for, like I was running out of inventory space. So I just sold line, sold the line gun, sold the pulse rifle. And it increased my drops for plasma ammo. So just by just having the one gun. So I just bought as much plasma ammo as I could and just shot, yeah. fully upgraded and shot, shot everybody with it. Yeah, but diving into gameplay a little bit more on my end too. I mean, yeah, just to, and we kind of already got over it, but to break down the gameplay itself, you know, the gameplay loop is very simple in this, right? You know, it's it's very straightforward. You follow a trail around the ship and you literally have a, like you hold down right your right stick and you literally have like a beacon, like a, a trail to follow that very clearly shows you where you need to go. It's very linear in that regard. Um, you know, and you run around and do what you're told to do and you kill nectomorphs. That's, that's the gameplay loop, really. Uh, and like we said, you get a variety of guns you can use. And the main thing you got to do is just dismember them. Uh, the, the guns are upgradable. You have a upgradable suit as well, both in the store. And they can also upgrade how much oxygen it can hold as well as how much health it can hold. Um, replenishable ammo via the store and scavenging. Did you ever have an issue with ammo, ammo at all? Uh, there was one segment where I did run out of ammo and it was pretty scary. Yeah, um, I had one moment, only one moment though. I would have rather run out of ammo more. That would have made the game scary. I felt like I could be mindless with it. Yeah, 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 you were able to be. Which was a bummer. Um, but something that was really irking me was, well, one, the gameplay, like we already said, gets repetitive very quickly. It just centers around nectomorphs, fighting them and jump scares really. And then... Like once you get hit by the same jump scare a few times, it kind of just stops getting you, dude. Uh, I know that's like within the first big, couple hours of the game. It was just kind of done for me. And then I don't know, like I know this is part of the genre that you don't have a lot of mobility, but it was remarkable to me how undynamic Isaac was as just a character. And I don't know if it was my controller or what I was actually borrowing using your controller for this Lucas, but my left bumper, like, I'd have to like press it in just the right way to get him to run. <laughs> like it was just very unresponsive for some reason. Um, which I, I don't know why it was. Cause I would test it in like the menu and like to scroll through things and it was fine. But anyways, uh, Isaac just felt like a very undynamic character. There's one part at the end of the game in particular where you have to fight to side by side, um, like wall nectomorphs and these nectomorphs, they also spawn out like little, baby ones that shoot just like mm -hmm. knives at you basically. And it, it got to the point where there were just like 15 of these little fuckers on the ground around me. And then Isaac is so goddamn slow that I, I can't literally can't kill them as fast as they're spawning. And it's just, 
it's just a mess. And like, I'm trying to dodge them. And Isaac is literally just like slowly walking, getting hit. I'm just like, Oh my God, this is a mess. But um, yeah, just very, very repetitive towards the end. And I did run into a pretty big bug actually, <laughs> where there's a portion of the game where you enter like a cryogenic chamber and you have to fight mm-hmm. this boss that can't, he, it regenerates. Um, yeah. Kill yeah. It. And the first time I walked into that room for some reason, like it just didn't trigger. So I was just stuck in that room and I couldn't do anything. And I just saw like my hallucinate, the, the guy that's a hallucination just standing in the, uh, in oh the my God. Seal. Was he T posing? No, he was just like vibing and I couldn't do anything. I was so <laughs> confused. And then, um, I realized I'm like, Oh, I just, the game's like broken. So then I tried to go back into the other room to see if I could like reset it. And then when I walked into the other room, I fell through the map. <laughs> oh my God. Wow. Okay. That did not instantly. happen to me. Yeah, I was Jeez. like, what the? It only happened once, though. The game ran smooth for the most part. I had that one issue, but that was only one thing. Uh, and then I had one portion during the part where you release the asteroid, where for some reason I had massive frame drops, like very clearly probably in the 15 to 20 range. I was really confused because I was playing wow. this on a Xbox One, too, so it's more than powerful enough to handle whatever, you know, a 360-era game demands of it. Um so pretty surprised by that, but uh, otherwise, yeah, just a repetitive game, I think, is the best way to describe it. But, yeah. you know, I bet at the time it was incredible. <laughs> yeah, I think one thing that that trips me up, too, is like you said, like, you kind of, they kind of show their hand, like, very early on in the game. Like, mm-hmm. within the first two hours, you've kind of seen every gag that they do. Like, there's this whole thing in the game, they probably do it 12 times, where you just see a scary thing behind glass. Like mm-hmm. the first, the first like 30 minutes in the game, like the first necromorph you see, you're behind a glass. The, one of the guys you mentioned, that's just fodder. One of the characters just instantly dies. He's on the other side of a glass. Then you have to run. And then like the scientists you see that like created the immortal necromorph, he's behind a glass. One of the guys, like somebody's performing surgery on somebody in medical bay behind a glass. Like they just kind of keep doing this thing where they show you a scary thing behind glass and you just watch it. And it just gets like, by like the fifth or sixth time, you're just like, okay, dude, like you just don't even look at it. Like you're just kind of like, okay, like just talk and tell me what the fuck you're going to throw at me or like tell me how evil you are, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it does get a little bit like, eh, like that. And then like necromorphs that are on the ground, they're just alive. Like there's no, like they're at the beginning, alive. like, yeah, yeah, like there's the necromorph will like stand up and scare you. And you're like, oh shit, I didn't realize that that guy was alive. And then like, as soon as it happens again, you're just like, okay, well, I'm just going to shoot that guy now because he's clearly alive. And like, he's trying it to play dead. It got to the and, point too, where I would, even if there were just corpses on the ground, I would preemptively dismember them in case like one of the flying things came up and tried to revive them. Yeah. <laughs> Which was kind of, felt I felt pretty smart for doing that, to be honest. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Brain. But, uh, um, that's that's the game that's the gameplay loop yeah. for me um I, I i think we're fully in agreement there uh it does some few things right you know i think one one interesting innovation is believe it or not matt in resident evil 4 you cannot aim and move at the same time really yeah you cannot like strafe you aim and you shoot huh. and then you stop aiming and then you move again why uh, why do they do that that's just how games were. That's just how it was. Nobody nobody had thought that you could aim and move. 
weirdly we enough. hadn't we hadn't even comprehended that as a concept yet. we hadn't com- we hadn't comprehended that i mean that was like 2004 so that was a long time ago but if you play some older games especially resident evil games from the era you could not move and shoot at the same time i think that was like the first time they did that was like resident evil 5 even um so yeah this game like even to move and shoot with the mobility that Isaac had, that was a lot of mobility for the time, weirdly enough. Mm-hmm. It's funny because now like, I would expect in any survival horror game, like even if it is a survival horror game, a little bit more movement option, right? Or like a few more yeah, things, less sluggish. I wonder if they'll up any of that in the new one. Yeah, I, I can think... also appreciate that he's wearing a fucking bulky ass engineer suit. So like, but I don't know, like a sidestep or two would have been appreciated, I guess is all I'm saying. <laughs> Yeah. Um, All right. All right. Art design. I don't have too many notes. Like the big notes, it's just kind of, you know, again, the UI is just incredible and such a smart choice that we they decided to do that. The game still looks good. Um, I actually got really fucking tired of the setting of the game extremely quickly. Really? Extremely quickly. Um, Because you're, it's just the same thing over and over again. Like metal ship. You know, mm-hmm. I, I would have loved if like we got to spend more time down on Aegis, maybe explore some caves with Nectomorphs in it, something like that. Mm. Um, I was so happy and I felt so refreshed by the end of it when we did finally get to go down to Aegis and uh, just see what was cracking, even though you immediately go into like just another metal thing, metal building. Um, but like just that little, you know, brevity of just getting to kind of be outside a bit was uh, very much appreciated. Yeah, I got you there. And um, I love yeah. the spacewalk moments just for the opportunity just again to get out of the... Yeah, the breath of fresh air in space. Yeah. 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 Uh, the only thing I have for art style is, like we said, like, you know, the game holds up incredibly well for for when it came out. And I, I think a lot of that, I mentioned this before, is the lighting and like the smoke effects and things like that. If you are in a well-lit room in this game, it's very clear that the textures do not hold up. And like, it's it kind of looks like Counter-Strike, like, it just looks like really low res and stuff, just like kind of flat and stuff, um, especially with like walls. You can tell that the walls are just like flat. Like if the wall looks destroyed, it's not actually destroyed. It's kind of like a flat like thing pasted on the wall, if that makes sense, graphically. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure that'll all look good in the, in the remake that they're doing. But the, where the game, the thing about the game that's so clever is like they use lighting so well and there's like areas where there's smoke, where you're obscure, like, you know, things are obscured. Um, glass and like hallways are used in really unique ways. So the way like the game kind of tricks you into thinking it looks better than it is, is a testament to like the creativity of the team at the time. I just want to like kind of give the props where the props are due there. Um, Like I said, there's moments where the game is completely pitch black and I think that's awesome. I think more games should try and do stuff like that. Um, And then there's moments where the game has like flashing lights, lights that are like spinning, emergency lights and things like that. Um, It's really cool when like the light is coming from an exterior source outside the ship, like during those spacewalk times. There's like even a room where you enter zero gravity and like there's a hole in the ship and you're getting like lit from the sun. And like there's all this kind of floating debris and stuff. That stuff looks amazing, right? And it's just like, it's so simple. You just kind of create this room that sort of has this like unique lighting setup with like a unique sound design take, which is like the vacuum of space. And now you have like a really memorable room, right? And even like through, you know, the 10 hours of gameplay or, you know, whatever, however many hours of gameplay, 
it's like you still remember that the three minutes in that room because of like the way it was cleverly lit and the way it was clever like how it sounded and things like that so props to the team for ha like doing everything they could with the engine that they had um they clearly pushed it to the limit and, and really did some clever stuff there yeah to give manager really everything that was at their disposal clearly mm -hmm. um all right sound design i thought it was awesome I, okay, I thought really it was good. awesome, but played out at a certain point. Um, I I thought like for the first few hours, I really dug how scary and abrasive like the noise was. Like a necromorph appears, a wall of noise hits you, and it's just screaming. Like it basically feels like the game is screaming at you, right? Yeah. That's a good then after a little it. while, like a little guy, like a little enemy shows up, the game screams at you, and then you kill it in like a shot, and it's like okay, get, like. Do we really need like the whole song Not and dance much. of like yeah. the soundtrack for that? Um, so there was a little bit of like, I think there could have been a little bit of a middle ground and a little bit more silence in the game. Cause I think that there's like silent moments in the game. And I think they're actually the scariest in a way. Like when you're kind of just like floating in the vacuum of space and there's like a monster attacking you that you can't really hear and you just kind of. That's why it's scary because you have no idea where it's coming from. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the silent stuff is actually scarier i just like the, that's just the way things are right it's like the fear of not knowing what's there is always scarier than than the thing you know and yeah. i think like there's probably some room where they could have like gotten just toned the music down or just gotten rid of it for certain areas certain hallways or maybe not establish the whole thing where like literally every time you see a monster the music turns on i just i think that is a mistake in the long run yeah no i agree with everything you said and then um, I only have a couple things to add. Um, the necromorphs sound awful, which is a good thing. Like these sound yeah. terrifying. And then my God, the voice actor for Isaac or whoever did the grunts in this rather, if I yeah. count as a voice acting credit, like Isaac's grunts are so fucking good. He I know this, like, dude. Stomp when he goes, ah! and like, <laughs> yeah. ah! just like, it's so, so good. It, it just, it sounds so like, the stomp mixed with the sound of like the crunch from when you're stomping through limbs. Um, he sounds just, scared. Every he sounds, he sounds scared. He sounds scared. He sounds genuinely stressed. Yeah. And like genuinely like I need to like I need to kill this thing or it's gonna kill me. That's the energy. on something and you know that that's very akin to like how people react in those situations or right? how you would actually handle it. you know there's um uh, i don't know if i know you're not on twitter so be, I, I sent a, a, a video recently on twitter to the we had like a twitter chat with some of our friends and it was a video of a guy fighting off like a bear on a mountain <laughs> oh i saw that on reddit I yeah think and I thought, yeah you hear him, like, obviously he's yelling to try and scare the bear, but you can hear him as he's striking the bear. It's, like, very clearly, like, distressed. Like, I am freaking out. I'm fighting for my life. Like, the kind of yells he's giving out. And it's the same kind of yells. Those are the same kind of grunts that you get from Isaac in this game, where it's very clearly distress. Um, I'm scared. I'm fighting for my life. Yeah, 100% agree with that. Uh, and, like, just the effect that they have on it, where he has, like, the echo from in his helmet 
he feels like kind of distant, almost like he's yelling from, from, you can tell he's yelling from within the helmet, you know, so it has that quality. Sounds like he's in like a slightly echoey bucket or something. Um, And that adds just a little bit more like a a scary disconnect about Mm -hmm. the situation, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, 100% agree with you there. And also, we haven't talked about it really. We probably should have talked about it on art style. Did you get some really good death animations? Like me dying? Yeah, yeah. How many times did you die? Because I, I, I mean, I didn't die that much. Honestly, I only died to a nectomorph like once or tw- I think only twice maybe. And then the other times I died, it was usually like from space or like mm. asteroids in space. <laughs> Yeah, I, d- I mean, I think that the death animation. Oh, I do actually know that's a lie. I had a few deaths too, where, like, there was one where like the gravity thing just kept killing me. I got oh, caught, dude, that um, thing killed me. Yeah, on the asteroid thing, like the rotating parts of it killed me a couple times. Like the thing that was like containing it. Um, no, it was, I mean it's a very it's a very brutal game. Yeah, yeah, the death animations are amazing, and the voice acting during the death animations is really good too. Which mm-hmm. was just getting to is like the. In fact, there's really good montages on YouTube of like all the death animations for Isaac, and they put a lot of work into that. Um, it's kind of funny because the game's actually not like you die very little. I mean, you die very little in the game compared to some of the other games that we've played. I mean, I, I died, mm-hmm. I, I died like three times, three four times, right? You did, you only died a handful of times too. But there's like dozens and dozens of dozens of death animations. Um, like all the little quick time events, you die. There's like a unique animation. Every enemy can kill you and several different ways. Every trap can kill you in a different way. Um, so it's it's just pretty interesting that uh, they had so many, despite most players actually not seeing like even a fraction of, of what they have to offer. And that includes yeah. the sound design too. And that reminds me of what I mentioned too. I did have one death actually where it was when you're coming back from the mission where you had to protect the ship from asteroids. And I thought this was so cool. So when you're when you're in zero G in the game, you have like boots that keep you on the metal parts of the ship but it's like magnetism or whatever but then you can also like jump you know to different sides of the ship or whatever or if you're outside you can you know jump to a different part of the exterior of the ship and i tried to do that like i did a jump where um with the way i was aiming it in my mind i thought okay this is gonna take me to you know where i need to go and so i can get to the other side of the ship safely but like because of like the zero gravity and like the actual curvature of the ship which I didn't consider. I just flew off into space. And like, I kind of, I was watching it happen. I'm kind of like, cause it was like a really long jump too. And I was watching it happen. I was kind of like, huh, I'm kind of straying off course there. And then I see him just kind of like, I'm like, well, we have missed the ship. And then I start hearing Isaac going, <laughs> like just, <laughs> he just like, oh God. he like exploded in space. Like they just threw that in for the hell of it. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> oh, he depressurized. He depressurized or something. Yeah. <laughs> wow. But so I thought that was a fun little uh, thing they throw in. I can always appreciate when they throw in, um, you know, physics into games. Yeah. Semi-realistic yeah. physics. Uh, moving on to NPC award. I'll go first here real quick. Um, it's got to be the wall nectomorphs. Oh, okay. I got you. I didn't know we we're going enemies here. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, I, I didn't really feel inspired by any of the other NPCs, to be honest. Um, <laughs> and uh, I loved the wall nectomorphs. They were just so horrifying. They're I just, just I imagine just screaming, clearly suffering, like having just an awful time, just waiting to die. 
And I, I don't know for those enemies in particular, just with the way the, the, the whale, I just imagine that there's some shred of consciousness left in whoever got taken over by the stuff and they're just 100%. suffering there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that so is I thought they were just, a, I thought they were a really, really just cool monster. Yeah. Um, my NPC award, uh, goes to the guy that died in the beginning. Oh, the very first soldier. <laughs> I don't like, uh, honestly, I mean, my NPC award was like, I, I honestly didn't know who to pick. I don't think that there's like, I, I didn't, I didn't realize that there's no would, standouts. Could pick an enemy. Yeah. There's no standouts. I mean, they're all kind of like, I mean, there's Hammond who's not really a hero in it. He's kind of just this nobody kind of plot device as well. Kendra's kind of like a plot device as well. Um, your girlfriend, Nicole, I don't know, just these don't seem like NPC award worthy people. They're um, not. They're not. And I should have, I mean, I guess I could pick like the Leviathan, you know, or the hive mind or something, but I'm just gonna go with the guy that dies at the beginning. It's kind of a cool death, you know, kind of kicks the game off, goes from zero to 100. Um, that poor guy, you know, he just didn't see the necromorph behind him and he didn't know to cut off the limbs really. Uh -uh. He, he didn't, he didn't get to that 30 minute montage. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty. Favorite moments. Um, oh, favorite moment oh, or companion, companion piece? piece? No companion piece. You're right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Companion go, piece. Go for it. Um, the thing. All right. The thing. I knew you were going to go with this one. Yeah. Um, a lot of this game is kind of body horror stuff and that's something that always terrifies me. Um, like just kind of the thought of like a foreign creature or, you know, body taking over your body always kind of scares me. So, and the thing is, you know, exactly that. Um, and I'm going to recommend either the original like 1990s or 1980s, the thing, or mm -hmm. the, um, the more recent 2011 remake. I think it's 2011. Uh, would also work as well. They're both worth watching and both kind of give you the same, um, give you the general effect to give you the 1982. That movie came out. Wow. That is a really good Dang. looking movie for 19. Those effects hold up pretty well. Extremely. There's something to be said for good practical effects, man. Um, really some of them do hold up remarkably well. Oh, reminds me, we gotta, you and I need to have a movie night. We gotta watch Hobo with a Shotgun. Totally unrelated. I'm down, I'm down. Um, but really, <laughs> really good movie. Um, but yeah, that, um, what was I talking about? The Thing. The Thing, um, f great horror movies. I recommend you check them out. All right, awesome. Uh, my companion piece pick is Alien by Ridley Scott, 1979. Um, watched Alien for the first time earlier this month and uh, really liked it. Actually gave very similar vibes in terms of like story of Dead Space. Um, ancient alien sort of race, violently dismembering humans on a space station. It's pretty much like the same gags and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, the film came out, like I said, in 79 and it holds up so, so well. Um, and I think one, like, one thing that's really cool just it, it uses like a lot of prosthetics and stuff. It doesn't use like crazy CGI or anything like that. Even like the spaceship in Alien, I think it's a miniature. I don't think it's like computer generated. I think it's like a miniature mm -hmm. that they floated and like had a cool set. And like a lot of the movie, especially like when they go to the planet at the very beginning, just try to stay spoiler free, um, is it's all practical effects and lighting and things like that. And I just, I think that like the spirit of what they did with Dead Space is kind of is exactly the same thing that they did with Alien, where it, the reason it holds up so well is because they're not like doing a bunch of like they're not relying on like straight computer power to like make it happen. Mm -hmm. They're making creative choices. 
Um, they're using lighting, they're using, you know, miniatures, they're using, C they're using prosthetics, you know, instead of using just like CGI. Um, and you, you notice like a lot of movies that came out during the era, a lot of sci-fi movies, any of them that use computer graphics, they just don't, they just don't hold up. They lose their charm very, very quickly. And that's why some of the old Lord of the Rings, uh, not old, but that's why Lord of the Rings movies look so good still is because like a lot of it's miniatures. Um, and that's, that's the way you got to go, man. That's just the way you got to go, my opinion. So anyway, Alien by Ridley Scott. Everybody check it out. I mean, it's famous, famous franchise, famous movie. Um, there's modern iterations of it, TV shows, movies, remakes, video games, board games. Um, but it all started with this 1979 movie by Ridley Scott. Yeah. Another great one for its time. Uh, all righty. Favorite moment. Uh, easy when Kendra died. <laughs> okay, nice. I was just, I'm just going with the last boss. Yeah. Like when he appears I, um, and like the tentacles come out. It's a, it's a, it's a pretty badass last boss, but I just kind of loved how like pathetic she died. Cause she kind of <laughs> just turns out to be like such a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like her, her reaction to it was like, Oh, Oh my God. What? Ah! It just gets like <laughs> smacked by a tentacle. Um, I don't know why I just got a, cause it was almost like such a, I think what I liked about it is it was such a casual death for like, who's kind of put out to be like one of the, your main antagonists at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I appreciate it. Kind of just like the, it was almost the game's way of telling you like, no, nah, this bitch isn't shit, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Love it. Um, I just like the last, it's a last boss. It's a good last boss. I think it's a it's cool a good looking guy. Boss. Tentacles, yeah. you know, he's like throwing you around. It's pretty, it's pretty fun. So, uh, yeah, just going with that for, for favorite moment. Not, not too, not too special. I gotta say, I love the pauses that the game gives you when you gra get grabbed by tentacles to like find the thing and shoot it in the right spot to get released. That's just so yeah. convenient. I know, I know, because yeah. it clearly would just eat you or crush you alive, right, given yeah. it, it existing in real life. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, just, just nitpicks. I. Well, I have nitpicks. I mean, I, we kind of already talked a lot about it. Um, the sounds in the fights get overplayed very quickly. I'd rather have some silence in there. And generally with the game, uh, with everything we talked about, I think it comes down to this for me. I would rather have less action and more horror is really. Um, and, you know, horror could mean anything. It could mean more silence. It could mean more mystery, you know, more teasing about monsters. You know, there's sort of the rule in movies, you never show the monster, right? You only ever show like people getting killed. You show the monster off screen. Alien does that very well, in fact, in that movie. And there's like just moments where I'd rather just hear the monster. I'd rather just like mm -hmm. hear it crawling through the vents. I'd rather be sitting in silence, walking, skulking through a hallway and, you know, being afraid that they something's going to They didn't utilize that as much as I would have liked, just the sound. And one big thing that bugged me that they kept doing was you would open a door and then like a few meters away before you had time to react, you would see like a monster shoot up into the vents. Yeah. And I hated that because not because it stressed me out, but because it ruined the surprise. I would have much rather heard something scuttling around and then it appears before me. Or maybe then I don't even nothing even shows up because then it's like, you know, it's is it going to happen? Is it not? Right. Yeah, exactly. That's how you do some really solid horror um, and suspense and stuff like that. But the game was clearly more focused on getting you to shoot something, specifically the limbs of something obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, just that my general nitpick there. Um, I think that pretty much sums up my criticisms of the game. 
What about you? Love it. Yeah. Um, pretty much ditto everything you just said. And then biggest things for me was that I just got very, very tired of the setting and the gameplay loop very quickly. And then I just thought the Isaac, your insane reveal was just so lame. <laughs> Another way to describe it. But um, all right. Would you play other games from this developer? Well, they're not making anything more. And honestly, I'd, maybe we'll you play wouldn't Dead play Space Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods PGA Tour 2005. We'll, add, we'll make that a, anything's possible or something. Um, <laughs> but um, I guess if I play Dead Space 2, it'll probably be around this time next year for the podcast. So we'll see if we get to that, get that far. Yeah. But, but, I uh, mean, in terms of, the, I just want to touch on the remake real quick. You know, I think, I think I'll probably download it and play it when it comes out, you know, and check it out, see what the reviews are saying. I think we definitely want to keep an eye on that one. Um, I'm just interested, you know, it's not going to be the same people that made Dead Space, right? Um, mm -hmm. Which was uh, Visceral Games, formerly EA Redwood Shores when they made Dead Space. Um, you know, I forget, sorry, you, you called out the developer earlier, but hopefully they keep the spirit of the game alive and maybe do a little bit more horror with the game. Um, I, I mean, action, third person action is what the series kind of turned more into. Resident Evil did the same thing. It's like, when you kind of lean into the third person action thing, this your franchise and your series just starts getting like more and more action packed and like kind of adrenaline rushy. Um, and I know that Dead Space two and three ended up kind of doing that a lot more than this one. Um, and I just hope they keep the vibe the same. I know Isaac's going to be talking. It's going to be a slightly different tone. Um, it's going to change things up a little bit, but just you know, keep it condensed and don't don't throw too much at us. That's that's all I ask with this remake. You know, keep yeah. it small, keep it scary. Don't just throw like 10 monsters at us in a room and like that's the that's the game play loop, you know? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, the final thoughts for me. Um, I don't know. I'm not a big horror guy, so I don't have like too much like major analysis because I don't have a lot to compare it to. But um, it does get my Segoy of approval at the end of the day. Like I still had an okay time with it. Um but clearly a lot of things it could have done better. Yeah. Mm -hmm. at that. Yeah. My seal of approval as well. I'll, I'll yeah. just point, I'll say that. All righty. Ratings, everyone. We have reached the point of the podcast where Lucas and I each give our rating out of 10, then add them up to 20. Um, this is the ultimate game rating that absorbs everything else, whether it was GameSpot, IGN, Game Informer, what have you. Uh, all right, Lucas, on the count of three, you and I will give our ratings. One, two, three, seven. seven. Oh. All right. You know, it was kind of funny. Way. I had eight written and it came down to... That happens a lot. Dude, same, same. It came down same. <laughs> Dude. from eight to seven in the course of this podcast. I was like, you know, maybe this... I don't think it deserves eight. Seven, still good. Yeah. Seven is still good. Not bad. Um, no, it's... I Like, there's so many positives about this game, about, like, what it innovated upon, like, the ideas it brought to the table that people still need to be implementing today, you know, and the fact that it holds up so well graphically. But, like, you know, it really shows all of its cards too quickly and, like, has a lot of padding. That's mm -hmm. that's why it gets uh, that's why it gets the 7. Otherwise, it does get the 8, you know, as just a standard, really good, you know, a standard, good survival horror third person. Yes. All right. Um, I think that's all we got today. This is a longer one. We're clocking in around an hour ten here. Yeah, um, that's good. There's lots of. I mean, this is a you know pretty whether you like it or not. Um, the game, you know, it's a very you know historical game. I'd say in the 
It's a famous uh, survival game. horror genre, very famous and very well known. So absolutely a game that's worth talking about, both the good and the bad. But uh, like I said, everyone, that's all we got today. Uh, if you want to hang out with your good buddy Matt online, you can find me on Twitter at Good Idea Matthew. And again, you can find the podcast at, at TFP Podcasts. That's at TV Podcasts with an S at the end. Uh, and you can also find, you can also email us at thanksforplayingpod at gmail.com. You can find our website, thanksforplaying.live. And then in all the links here on the social media handles or on our website, you can find a link to our Discord coming out. It's a good time. Lucas, where can we find you? You could find me on Instagram if you have Instagram at goodidealucas or just feel free to message me in the Discord server. Always there, hanging out. Um, you know, if you have any ideas for games you want to play, if you want to talk about magic or you want to talk about World of Warcraft, hit me up. Love it. All right, everyone. This has been Thanks for playing. Catch you next time. Scooby Bop. Thanks for playing is a production of Good Ideas Only. Your hosts are Lucas Luna and Matt Rockaby. Our music was done by the impeccable Samuel Luna. And our logo design was done by the talented Isaac Palestino. Special thanks to the Real Call Bunch, Red Circle, 